ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 166th ever, ever 176th ever show. Don't want to short myself there. 176th ever show of all around sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston, except today I am in Naples, Florida. And we go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by Joe Buffard, VP of Marketing for All-American Games and the Football University Youth National Championships that I am covering here in Naples. So let me give you a little quick background on that. It's the, uh, they moved Football University's 6th, 7th, and 8th grade national championships from San Antonio, Texas, which I, where I've covered them for the past three years, so they moved them this year to spectacular Naples, Florida, and just covered my first game this morning, and they will be doing about a dozen more games throughout the weekend. The game on Sunday at 3.30 is uh, live on NBC Sports Network. That's the 8th grade national championship game. The 6th and 7th grade national championship games on Sunday will be at... Uh, live on ESPN3. So it's a very exciting weekend. There's a dozen teams here from around the country competing for these uh, national championships. So think Williamsport for football, and you have what's going on here. Uh, Four hotels full of some of the best young football players in America. The weekend also features two East Bay All-Star games tomorrow. Again, youth football and uh, more of the best players uh, of that age group uh, from across America. So it's a really exciting weekend. San Antonio was great. Naples is also great. So just very exciting. And we're going to hear much more from uh, Joe Buffard in a few minutes. And uh, again, it's it's football heaven down here in Florida. So... uh, so it's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful weekend and uh, plenty of football, to put it mildly. On to other sports, my highlight of the week was Jay Cutler, quarterback of the Chicago Bears, being benched as the Bears and their truly remarkable dysfunction of this year. There's no other way to say it. You know, they finally took a stand. Uh, I actually like Jay Cutler. He's enigmatic. He's different. He's interesting. And we in the sports media love interesting. And he is that and more. Interesting press conference uh, yesterday after he, you know, following his benching announcement. Uh, Jimmy Clausen. (laughs) I remember that name. 
His uh, back hasn't thrown a TD pass since 2010, but he will be quarterbacking the Bears. And again, it, it's not so much a highlight for me that Jay Cutler got benched. It's just that the Bears, they had to do something uh, just to shake up what has just been a remarkable, stunning demise uh, for this year. And we'll see what, if any, effect it has. But, uh, you know, it, it just it, something had to be done. And certainly they went right to the top. He's the highest paid player in the National Football League. Everybody who's watching knows he is just uh, committing turnovers left and right. It's just not working for whatever reason. I don't know that anybody's really figured it out. But, uh, but you know, there comes a point in time where you just have to do something. And I'll give the Bears credit for doing something. And, and again, they went right to the top. They went to the heart, the, you know, their heart of the matter. And we'll see what develops. But uh, never a dull moment with them this year. Um, my low light of the week is Rajon Rondo being traded by the Boston Celtics to the Dallas Mavericks. And again, it's a low light with a qualifier. It's, uh, I understand why the Celtics needed to do it. In the same light, I live in Boston. I have gotten great joy over the years watching Rajon Rondo do things that simply no other basketball player in the world can do. He is that unique. Um, I think he makes the Mavs just instant contenders for the title. They're already having a good season now with him there. Uh, it could get very, very interesting to say the least. So I think that uh, it's going to, you know, it's going to be fascinating to watch. But again, I'm not going to be able to turn on my local Boston area TV station to watch Rondo pretty much anytime I want. And it just, we all know they've been in rebuilding mode. They've, you know, let Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett go. 2008 uh, championship seems a long time ago. But it's just sort of, you know, for Boston fans, all of us whom recognize what they're doing, uh, it's just sad to see Rondo go. And you talk enigmatic uh, like Jay Cutler. He is that and more. But, you know, if you wanted to see some fascinating things on a basketball court, all you had to do was flip on uh, Comcast Sports New England for any Celtic game, and you were getting it with Rondo. And it just feels like the rebuilding process is going to take that much longer. They have a load of draft picks. Maybe they'll use them like they did back in '08 to get uh, you know to get some star players and turn it all around in one year. I mean, they 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 created the blueprint for that. And they won an instant championship by doing that. So don't want to sell Danny Ainge and the boys short. But, uh, but again, there's just something uh, a little sad to see Rondo go. Um, my bizarre story of the week was Bo Pelini going off on Nebraska on his way out the door in a profanity-laced tirade, for lack of a better word, uh, apparently the audio was picked up. Many of us have heard it, although there's so much of it bleeped out. It's, uh, you know, you don't get, not too many words come across that, that can actually be played. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, 
he's had a fascinating career. I mean, he never lost more, never lost less than nine games. He won nine games every year in his time in Nebraska, six, seven years. And he, you know, came out of LSU, one of those hot assistants back in the day, and fiery demeanor, uh, you know, on the sidelines. He's had some issues at Nebraska. Speaking of audio tapes, there was an audio come out a couple years ago of him saying not too nice things about Cornhusker fans. So it's just kind of, it was a bad match, I guess would be the best way to put it. And, uh... He's on to Youngstown State, and um, we'll see what develops with, uh, you know, with Bo Pelini. Should be interesting. Jim Trestle's the AD out there, so that should be equally interesting. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break, and next up will be Joe Buffard. Vice President of Marketing for All-American Games and the Football University Youth National Championships that I am here covering in Naples. Joe's here working also in Naples. And uh, we're going to have Joe on and right after the break. We're going to talk a little football university. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is Joe Buffard, Vice President of Marketing for All-American Games and the Football University Youth National Championships that I am covering here in Naples, and Joe, of course, is here. And how are you doing today, Joe? Oh, fantastic. I'm enjoying the 80-degree weather compared to what it's like up in the Northeast in the middle of December and uh, watching about 14 hours of youth football today. So life is great. Exactly. Well, I'll be watching about 13 hours of it, uh, one, one hour off for uh, doing the show here. But you and I are two lucky guys. It is, a, as you referred to, spectacular postcard day. It is going to be 80 degrees before the afternoon is over and... Uh, we already had one game on in the books. I know a second game is occurring as we speak, and uh, you know it's really a great event. And you know I'm thrilled to be here. I know you are too. And again, we're very lucky. You're in the Northeast, like I am, and rather be here than there. But uh, so why don't we take a little bit? I touched on the youth national championships, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade being held here, but. I'm sure you can describe it much better than I, so why don't you talk a little bit about what's going to go on here for the next three days in Naples. Sure, absolutely, and I appreciate you having me on, John, as always. So, oh, sure thing. Uh, this is our, our fourth year of the FBU National Championship, and, and you know, how, where does that fit in the, in the youth football community? Is It is a what I like to call a non-denominational all-star youth football tournament. We've got 64 regions of the country, each compiling an all-star team of 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, that are evaluated, recruited, kids try out for it, and whether they're you know, part of Pop Warner, AYF, PAL, any of those national organizations, they are all um, uh, uh, able to try out. It's an unlimited weight, un- non-restricted. We play by the National High School Federation rules. So it's, it's real football. So you get some really talented athletes coming together uh, from all different areas. So each region puts together their 13, and then we compete in a bracket-style tournament that started December 6th and 7th. We held in 16 regions of the country for our first two rounds. Then we last weekend went on to four rounds. And then the winners came down this weekend uh, to Naples, Florida uh, for our final four. And uh, it's been great. Like I said, it's been our, our uh, fourth year of putting this on. We've got over about 6,000 athletes across the country participating in this and uh, 1,200 coaches, youth coaches from across the country. And it's been great. And uh, we're excited now because we're starting to get some good media behind it. Uh, we've got the... Sixth grade and seventh grade games going to be aired on ESPN three on Sunday morning, and then NBC Sports Network is going to pick up our eighth grade uh, championship game, uh, spy, promoted by Adidas. The kids are going to get new Adidas uniforms for that game. That we're going to have the unveiling of tomorrow, and uh, it's exciting. So right now we're in the in the semifinal round. So like you said, we've already got uh, Broward County moving on the sixth grade bracket, and we've got Seattle battling it out with. Houston in the sixth grade bracket game, and then from here we go seventh grade, so two seventh grade semifinals, and then two eighth grade semifinals, and uh, then the rest will play their championships on Sunday. 
Yeah, it's great. First game was great today. And uh, as we speak, the Seattle team is playing, as you mentioned. And just to give our listeners a flavor of the type of people who are here, I got in the elevator bright and early this morning. And who did I end up riding down with? But uh, Sam Adams. You all remember him as a star uh, player in the NFL. And we had a great conversation. And these are the types of people you're seeing uh, here in Naples, Florida this weekend. So that's just uh, one example of, again, the level of people that are coaching these youth teams. And Sam's a great guy and uh, you know had a great career in the NFL. And he's not alone. You have other, you know... Uh, impressive luminaries that are you know involved with this across the board so it was good it's, it's going to be great but it was a great way to kind of kick off you know football oh, yeah. friday and uh it was terrific you have you know four of the best hotels in naples are populated with these players their families their coaches and uh not to mention east bay and while we're on east bay why don't we just take a minute and, and talk about that it's not just Six, seven, sure, eight, yeah, eight. yeah, exactly. It's not just the national championship down here. So for the past five years, All-American Games has put on the East Bay Youth All-American Bowl, which is put together by a, a seventh grade and eighth grade uh, divisions of teams from across the country. So now we're really selecting the individually best seventh and eighth graders from across the country, you know, putting them together in, in a showcase that typically we've held in San Antonio in conjunction with our U.S. Army All-American Bowl Week. Uh, but we wanted to divide our, our events. Uh, Naples certainly was a great uh, uh, opportunity for us to relocate our youth division of youth events, so the national championship and the East Bay All-American game, and uh, it's been great. So those are going to be played, those 6th and 7th grade games are going to be played tomorrow, Saturday, and are going to be aired on ESPN3. So we're excited. we got the you know media coverage behind those as well, and really kind of showcasing the superstars of tomorrow. Uh, so again, in our five-year linear lineage of uh, putting on the East Bay All-American Bowl, we can now have these first-year guys played in our U.S. Army All-American Bowl that are now playing in college, guys with Sony Michelle and, and uh, as just one name that's a star running back at Georgia now. You know, first kind of had his, his breakout to, to national platform during our East Bay game. Uh, and now we've got kids uh, this year in our 2015 U.S. Army All-American class. Twelve of them were identified and featured in our, US, in our East Bay All-American game. So... It's a real great way to showcase some of these talent. And let me tell you this, the talent is unbelievable. I've been coaching high school and youth for over 20 years, and I'm still amazed at these 13, 14-year-old athletes that walk in for registration, 6'3", 6'4", 8th grader, 250, 260. You know, the speed of these guys. I mean, some of these athletes are so talented, they could be starting at, as, a, as a high school, as some premier high school uh, varsity program. So it's just, the showcase of talent is just uh, it's unparalleled and exciting to watch. Oh, it really is. That's one of the fascinating things for me. You know, I love watching players, you know, the I saw them win uh, type of approach. And, yeah, the, the talent level, the size, like you just mentioned, the talent level of these kids. I just saw, uh, you know, we just watched the sixth grade team and uh, two teams play. And, you know, the level of talent on the field for kids in sixth grade was remarkable and it really is. It's a you know just a progression through you know your organization that you know truly truly leads you know to big time college scholarships to the NFL for some, and it is just uh, 
fun to be here, you know, and just the energy around this is, uh, you know, unlike anything, you know, I've ever seen. And uh, it's just, again, the, it's the football capital of the world right now, no question, of youth football capital of the world. Absolutely, and obviously Naples is just fantastic. I mean, the families have come in. I mean, we've got teams traveling in for our national championship. Of course, our East Bay kids are from, I believe, almost 48 states that we've got represented, including Hawaii. But uh, our East Bay, our national championship kids, and we got states who wouldn't, don't always pop up on the map for great right. football. I mean, yes, we've got Broward County from Florida sends all three teams, one per age group. Uh, but you got Utah, you got Iowa, you've got you know Seattle, Oregon, you know Texas included. We got two teams from Texas, the North Texas seventh graders who won it last year as, as uh, sixth graders. Then you've got uh, Houston playing right now in the sixth grade. So it's just neat to see where the talent is kind of coming up. We got Indiana uh, lost in the sixth grade first round, but uh, you know you usually don't think of Iowa and Utah being powerhouses, but uh, those teams made it through all their brackets and are here to represent Naples. Yes, and, you know, just speaking uh, for me personally, the first two years, a couple years back, Massachusetts, where I live, made the Final Four, and Massachusetts is Mm -hmm. not, you know, a traditional youth football power. It's not the first state that comes to mind, but lo and behold, Massachusetts was here two years in a row and played very well, certainly competitive with some of the Names more well-known for youth football and, uh, you know, literally a couple kids from my hometown and coaches that literally lived in my small town outside Boston. So, you know, I, I was attached to this, these national championships uh, early on. And, you know, why, why don't we just take a minute, Joe, and talk about just the whole transformation of, you know, how it ended up. San Antonio was fabulous for the past three years, but... Naples and, you know, separating not only, you know, the location from the U.S. Army All-American Bowl still in San Antonio, but also the timing. You moved it up by two weeks. And uh, how did that all just work out and come about? Well, it was was kind of, you know, a couple different things. You know, as the national championship is really growing, you know, uh, we're kind of modeling ourselves after the Little League World Series and trying to to see the growth that 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 event has had, the reach both in media and the, and the growth of the sport. Uh, and that's kind of what we'll, we'll be kind of modeling on, is you know, we want to find our own home. You know, just like Little League World Series at Williamsport, PA, we want to find our own home. So that was always in the back of our mind. But what really was the uh, intriguing part was NBC. You know, obviously NBC is where the U.S. Army All-American Bowl game is featured on for years. And uh, they've been following us and, and uh, seeing the growth of not only, you know, our camps, the football university division, but, you know, this national championship and, very intrigued in it, and uh, they said, hey, you know what, we got a spot for you on that Sunday the 21st, uh, you know, right right around uh, uh, the last week of the NFL, you know, let's try and get you on. So based on that and the interest in the Naples CBD trying to bring more sporting events to the greater um, uh, western side of southern uh, Florida, it was uh, what they call the Paradise, Paradise Coast. It was uh, kind of all kind of worked together. You know, so Naples really rolled out the red carpet for us in a variety of different ways. It certainly was very attractive in the temperature of uh, the climate to play these games in mid-December, considering some of these regional played as far north as New Hampshire, Massachusetts, you know, in Purdue, Indiana, all the way out to, you know, Seattle, Portland areas, you know. So uh, it was a, it's a breath of fresh air for some of those teams that were playing in snow two weeks ago. Um, and then what it also did is it opened up our, uh, our, our winner uh, at the bowl game. Now, one of the challenges we're having 
this year with the schedule of the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, and it's just simply based on the natural calendar because of the dates are kind of pushed up because we're always the first Saturday in uh, January, was the fact that the Valero Alamo Bowl, because New Year's is almost, I think, on a Wednesday or Thursday, is, um, you know, they had to play their game based on ESPN that Friday night. So uh, it really limited the resources that we had available on the ground for this year in San Antonio, you know, to do the U.S. Army National Combine or, you know, the additional hours that we would have be able to, you know, use the uh, Alamo Dome to host the games. So based on, you know, that, we said, okay, well, you know, maybe this is the year we start to look at dividing our youth and our high school events. And, you know, based on what I'm seeing here in Naples, I don't see any reason why, you know, we would go back to, to that one model. I think it opens up all American games to grow and do more bigger things for the high school market in uh, San Antonio. And then also kind of really make this, the, the like you said, the mega spot for uh, uh, the capital for youth football uh, this weekend before Christmas. Yeah, well, I love the move. That's, you know, really great background. Uh, I was a newspaper editor, lived here on the Gulf Coast of Florida, about two hours north of Naples for three years, and this is my favorite vacation spot, as you well know. I was thrilled when I uh, learned you were moving to Naples, and it's just a great spot. You know, again, we're getting a big-time payoff immediately as we speak with just uh, Chamber of Commerce weather, to put it mildly, and, you know, football in Florida, youth football in Florida, football in general, is just so huge here, as it is in Texas and San Antonio as well. But there's just something, uh, you know, something special about this town. And uh, so, yeah, I I just think it was a great move. And, you know, the opportunity to separate and get onto NBC Sports Channel and all that. uh, Smart move. I love it. I think it was a good way to go, say the least. Yeah. I mean, we're we're excited about it, you know, and and also, too, kind of, you know, for our own staff that uh, does all this phenomenal work and putting these events together behind the scenes, it kind of lightens our load a little bit, meaning that, you know, we're not yes. uh, running full tilt in San Antonio covering both the high school and youth. You know, it really allows us to kind of uh, manage these a little bit easier uh, because they're separated. It's not as uh, demanding on the resources and our personnel and so forth. And, uh, I mean, the, you know, the challenge is, is, you know, from a lot of us staff are down here in Naples, we'll fly back to our home office in New Jersey on uh, Monday, Sunday or Monday, have, uh, you know, the Christmas holiday, and then we're back and right back and uh, doing a quick little laundry, and we're off to San Antonio on the 28th. So it's uh, a little wear and tear on us, but uh, we enjoy it because we're passionate about what we do. We love the game, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great product we're putting out there for these kids. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. For all those reasons, I just think, you know, witnessing both huge events, it was like basically trying to dock two, you know, aircraft carriers at the same pier. They were just two gigantic events occurring at the same place at the same time. What you did was, you know, remarkable, but now I think it's uh, even better. I think you took something fabulous and, uh, you know, it'll be even better this way. And I just believe that, uh, you know, it was a good, a good move all around. And, yeah, that's amazing about, you know, the Valero Alamo Bowl is on Friday night which this year is going to be uh, Kansas State versus UCLA. That's a big bowl. Yep. And then, that, that's going to be a great one. Yeah, and the end of that game will be approximately 12 hours before the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I, I think it's a, Sorry, I, think it's a I don't want to remind you of that, hours. all the work you're going to have to do that I think it's about total 18 hours we get to uh, you know, give the Dome a facelift and switch it over to, uh, to the Stars and Stripes of the U.S. Army and uh, – 
uh, and uh, brand it all up and be ready to kick off. Well, that would, that'll be great out there. This is certainly great down here. And, Joe, just want to thank you for taking the time to explain all this. Uh, you know, I'll be talking about it again uh, on the show next week, of course, with how the whole weekend went. But, uh, you know, th- this is a great introduction to it here as we're underway with game two of what will be more than a dozen games here in the next 72 hours. So you and I are going to have a lot of fun, that's for sure. That we are, and, you know, your listeners can certainly join in as well. I'll rattle off, if I can, the kickoff times are going to be aired on TV. So Please do. Tomorrow, so tomorrow on the 20th at 4 p.m., we're at Eastern Standard Time. We've got the 7th grade East Bay All-American game, which will be on ESPN3. You can download the Watch ESPN app and get it there. Following that, at 6.30, we'll kick off for the 8th grade East Bay All-American Bowl. Again, that as well on ESPN3 and the Watch ESPN app. And then bright and early, get your coffee ready, 9 a.m., we will have on ESPN3 and the Watch ESPN app, we'll have the 6th grade SDU National Championship game followed up at 11.30 with the um, 7th grade National Championship game on ESPN3. And then, like I said, the granddaddy will be at 3.30 on NBC Sports Network. So check your local listings on where that channel can be. But that will be the 8th grade National Championship game. And uh, that'll be, again, on NBC Sports Network, 3.30 kickoff, uh, right from, uh, from Naples, Florida. So, again, John, as always, appreciate you having me on board, having me on board and, uh, you know, look forward to, to working the games with you. Yep, you and I will be at every game. Again, the granddaddy on NBC Sports this Sunday at 3.30. And uh, you and I will be at all of them, Joe, and a whole lot more games as well. So I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining the show. And, uh given our viewers such a, a comprehensive explanation of what's happening here in Naples, Florida this weekend. Appreciate it. My, my pleasure. Wonderful. And once again, uh, it's time for our break. And next on the line will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And you'll all be happy to hear that back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., it's great to have you back. You've been covering the Heisman. You've been covering the SEC National Championship. You're, most importantly, covering the number one team in the country yet again. How are you doing? John, it's been a whirlwind these last few weeks, and it's been fantastic, and I'm looking forward to the first college football playoff, and like I say, I'm I'm going to my favorite country, New Orleans. <laughs> Your favorite country, I like it. The one that's so close to the United States, right? <laughs> sure is. <laughs> <laughs> that is a favorite, yeah. That, so you'll be there on New Year's night, Alabama, Ohio State, right? Sure will, and... Uh, That'll be the fourth time those two story programs have met. That is going to be awesome. Nick Saban versus Urban Meyer. I've always said my favorite day of the year in sports is the AFC Championship and NFC Championship Sunday. I got the feeling that uh, I'm going to have a tie for that for that <laughs> honor because I think New Year's night, obviously the game we just talked about, but then followed by Oregon, Florida State, that night uh, that's going to be a major, major night on the sports calendar. I mean, it's going to be instant. It'll be happening on day one. And I think, uh, America's going to be tuned in like never before on New Year's night to the two semifinals of the new college football playoff. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm glad you're going to be there in the dome. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to it, John. I mean, in the first game, you know, at the Rose Bowl, people are inclined to watch that, uh, Bonanza, right? You know, and then, the Sugar Bowl follows right after immediately, so I think the ratings are going to be fantastic because of that coaching matchup in New Orleans, and uh, everybody wants to see the good guy, bad guy type of thing out in the Rose Bowl, Marcus Mariota and James Winston. There you go. So, just so I have it straight, the game you're covering is the the later game. It's like 8.30 that night, is that correct? Or eight, correct, Eastern yeah, time? Eastern time, Eastern oh, time, 8.30, okay. that's right. Sorry, I had them reversed. I should have known better. But, yeah, I'm used to the Rose Bowl happening, you know, as uh, uh, sunset uh, time on the East East Coast. And uh, I love that. I always love that time of day out in California. So I'm actually glad to hear that. Sorry, I got it wrong. But thank you for straightening me out. Uh, Yeah, uh, you're, you're living down in Alabama. I mean, I'm sure that, you know. There were some twists and turns along the way, but there you are, back at number one, Alabama. It's it's awesome. Yeah, John, you know, through the years here with Nick Saban, they've had some mighty lucky things happen for them to put them in position to play for the championship. And that early loss to Ole Miss, and they were able to recover, and those other teams couldn't keep up. Uh, I, like I've always told you, the pressure seems to mount, and these other teams are not only in the spotlight, they have a tendency to tighten up and they fall short, which happened with uh, 
Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State had a chance here at the end to really be in the playoffs, I think. And uh, Ole Miss came back and beat them, you know, you know beat them uh, quite handily. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're battle-tested. They really are, and it really, really does mean something, you know, as we're going to find out soon in the NFL here in the last two weeks of the season. The same applies to college, you know. It's not an accident that, you know, Florida State keeps coming back in the second half. They're now, their winning streak's now up in the high 20s, 28, 29 games, and it's not an accident that Alabama and Ohio State and Oregon, you know, the creme de la creme, you know, uh, are the ones ending up in the Final Four. They're just, you know, they've been there. They're steady. And, you know, it looked for a while midseason. There were some, you know, names we hadn't seen, especially the two Mississippi schools. But, you know, carrying it through to the end, it's, uh, again, not a coincidence that it's the names that we're used to are the ones that we're seeing here in the Final Four. Yeah, I, I think that goes a long way, uh, having that, as you said, being battle-tested and every week you're at the top and teams are taking their best shot at you. And so you're immune to those types of situations. And it, it's it's really another game on the schedule for these teams. And we're going to go out and try to execute our game plan regardless of what the other team might bring to the table. Absolutely. Um yeah, again, you know, it's just, you know, they're steady. You know, they, they see the big picture. And it's so easy for schools who really haven't been there before to, you know, get tied up with one big victory a la Ole Miss beating Alabama, get excited, you know, and it's just, it's a long season. Tough to, you know, just tough to see it through to the end. But, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, good versus bad, what have you. You were at the Heisman Trophy presentation up in New York, correct? Yes, I sure was, John. So how was that? What's your what are your first of all, what are your impressions of Marcus Mariota? He he seems Tebow like, too good to be true. Yeah, he's a very humble person and he's extremely talented and I wouldn't want to try to catch him in a foot race, John. He's long legged and fast. And uh he he's had a remarkable season. I guess maybe the most maybe the most impressive thing is the two interceptions. The entire year. It's remarkable. Is it like 38 touchdowns and two interceptions? Is that accurate? Yeah, but that's the number, John. Those are the two numbers. So that's stunning. Yeah, I mean, don't, yeah, I mean, when you don't turn the ball over, you're giving your team the optimum chance to win. It, you know, the most important thing is to take care of that football, and he does. It's just a stunning figure. Every time I hear it, I, I like, you know, wonder if I'm hearing it correctly. I mean, 38 <laughs> touchdowns and two interceptions. That is just. Unlike any figure I've any you know ratio that I can ever remember hearing, really at any level, practically down into high school, it's just uh, truly remarkable. You know, he ran away with the Heisman at the end. You know, it was a bit of a horse race here. You know, with maybe two three weeks to go, but you know, he he, he again he he was steady throughout, and some of the other guys just fell by the wayside. Is the best way to put it, I think. Yeah, I I was. Uh... You know, he was the odds-on favorite. There was no surprises. I projected him to win. I thought he would. Uh, the only surprise I had, I, I thought Amari Cooper might come in second. Correct. Correct. Where did he come in? He was third. He came in third. third. which is uh, He tied uh, David Palmer, the highest ever uh, spot for a wide receiver at Alabama. David came in third, making 
uh, 93. So that's pretty good, too. Oh, absolutely. Well, he's a game changer. I mean, you know, when I watch him on TV and you watch him in person, I'm always amazed. I sit there and say, how does how is he that wide open? I, I just don't get it. I know it's a, it's a tribute to him. Maybe a little blame on the defense or the defensive backfield, whatever. But it's just remarkable to me that a world-class athlete of his degree, I mean, the leading receiver in the nation, and yet time and again in these huge games, it feels like he's running free on, like, the biggest downs of the game. It's remarkable. Yeah, I don't see how he's getting open so much, John. It's it's puzzling. Uh, and it's not like it's he... he uh, statistics in one game it's every game it is exactly exactly uh it's truly something to see um but you know he deserved to be in uh you know the final three of the heisman and uh you know good for him i mean you know if i'm an nfl gm you know, I'm I'm seeing Julio Jones. You know, I'm I'm just seeing first round high draft pick, and like that's a guy that I want on my team for sure. John, he's an excellent teammate. He's quiet. He's humble. He's he's working when the lights are not on. You know, first one out there to practice, last one to leave the field. Um, he's had a few injuries, but he's played through them, and, and that's another plus for a team that's looking to draft an NFL caliber attack player because you're going to get injured over the course of 16 games and I'm including the playoffs and exhibition. So, and like I say, John, he's the best I've ever seen. And that's saying a lot. That is saying a lot. That's a, you've seen them. You've seen a lot. You've seen some of the best players in the history of college football. And for you to say that just speaks volumes. I know how fond you've been of him, uh, through doing our show here the last couple of years. And, uh, but yeah, that, that pretty much just says it all, and uh, it's going to be great. I expect him to perform big time, you know, in the Sugar Bowl uh, down in New Orleans that you'll be at, uh, uh, because that's what he's done. He, you know, he performs best in the biggest games and in the biggest moments. So I'm sure Urban Meyer is losing sleep over facing him for sure. <laughs> yeah, him and his defensive coaches. Uh, I assure you. I'm always caught their attention, and like like you said, he's always done very well in the big games. Uh, as a freshman against Notre Dame, you know, was outstanding, and he's always been a clutch performer. So I don't see anything different in this game against Ohio State. I'm sure. Way P, great perspective, and uh, you know we love having you on after you've been to these big events and more are upcoming, obviously. But for now, why don't we take our break? We still have a lot more uh, to cover on college football, including basically the beginning of bowl season tomorrow. Hard to believe. Your internet flagship station for sports... 
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we begin, my... Pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is indeed the Football University 8th grade national championship game on NBC Sports Network this Sunday at 3.30 from here in Naples, Florida. Trust me, watching this talent is beyond impressive of the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. The 8th grade game on NBC at 3.30 Sunday is the big one. That's where you're going to see the best and the brightest uh, eighth grade players and eighth grade teams going head to head for the national championship. So back to AP and AP, it's hard to believe, but <coughs> excuse me, bowl season begins tomorrow for the colleges. And I'm looking at the list here and lo and behold, right there in Alabama where you're at tomorrow is uh, the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. I love these names. South Alabama versus Bowling Green in Montgomery. Is there uh, any buzz for that game down there, AP? Yeah, yeah the, the folks, you know, this is their first bowl game, South Alabama, and it's not very far. A trip up there about two and a half hours to Montgomery, and uh, they're all excited. Uh, Joey Jones, uh, former wide receiver at Alabama, has been the head coach of that program ever since it was established, and here is, they're playing their first bowl game. So, yes, there's a, quite a bit of excitement. So I want to you know, uh, Saturday evening, no reason not to be up there if you're a Jaguar fan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's going to be great. Uh, some of the other games tomorrow, Nevada versus Louisiana Lafayette, Utah State at UTEP, Utah versus Colorado State, Western Michigan versus Air Force, and then that'll pretty much conclude tomorrow's kickoff of bowl season. Uh and then, you know, Monday night, in, just, just across Alligator Alley from where I'm standing, is actually an intriguing game. Uh, 
the Miami Beach Bowl, which is BYU versus Memphis. Memphis out of the All-American Conference, which you and I have covered over the years since it became the AAC. And, uh, yeah, so that'll be Monday afternoon in Miami. It's a great time of year. I mean, I'm, I'm happy just reading about it that there's a game on this Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Not something you get. <laughs> I love bowl weeks. You know, there's just pretty much any time you flip on a TV, including the middle of a weekday, you're going to get a game. Yeah, I mean, if you love football, this is your time. This is your your moment to turn on the TV and, and don't turn turn it off and keep the dial moving because you, you're going to find some interesting things that happen uh, for these bowl games. And uh, some people say there's too many, but I, in my opinion, if all these young guys get a chance to travel somewhere for the first time and play in a bowl game, uh, more power to them. I I couldn't. I, I don't. I don't agree with all these people who say there's too many bowl games. Correct. And there's times every once in a while that I think there's too many bowl games. And then, uh, and then I always lose that thought when I'm doing things like Monday, December 22nd at 2 p.m., turning on the TV, and there's a bowl game. Uh, I'm, never, I'm never complaining then, that's for sure. But, you know, you're right. And the gifts that these bowls give to these players now are uh, one of my favorite things every year is to read the gifts that the Bulls give to the players, and they're always, you know, they, they're just very impressive, to say the least. And, uh, you know, in this new era of college football, I'm really anxious, uh, first of all, for the Final Four, like we all are. But aside from that, I'm curious as to, you know, what the, what is the effect going to be on all the other bowl games? You know, it's just... Uh, I think college football is so popular, it's just not going to matter, you know, and it's not totally unlike, you know, what we've seen in years past, but, you know, it's just more of a formality, if you will, to the Final Four. So I'm just curious what, if any, effect it's going to have on, you know, know, just how they're all viewed, you you know, any game that's, you know, not one of either the two semifinal games or obviously the college football national championship. what do you think? I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, I think <clears throat> you, you brought up a good point, John. I, I'm not sure. I mean, through these last you know few decades, I mean, people have watched these games, whether they were for a championship or not. I think it's going to discontinue the same. And I think as far as the teams, you I mean you're playing for pride. You get like a Texas Arkansas game and. Notre Dame, LSU, USC, Nebraska, those are big-name schools that are used to, to winning, and the fans should have a lot of pride to see their team take on another storied program and, and win and, and put that in their bowl record uh, to, to you know boast about it down the road in the history of their college football team. Yeah, I mean, there are some attractive games. You know, I'm just looking, you know, the Cotton Bowl, Michigan State, Baylor. That's a good game. That's a game worth watching. You know, Mississippi, TCU, fascinating game. Um, You know, and just really on and on, Mississippi State, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech played, you know, they they were a team to be reckoned with at the end of the year. And uh, Auburn, Wisconsin, uh, you know, on and on. As you mentioned, you know, Notre Dame, LSU. uh, Just always, you know, there's always just great matchups. <clears throat> and, you know, based on me being in Boston, a game that I'm really intrigued at by is, you know, BC versus Penn State. Those are my 
two schools right there. I grew up near Penn State. I live 20 minutes from BC now, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and I see where BC just signed Steve Adazio to a long-term contract. Interesting, his name was actually being bandied about for the Michigan job, and uh, all credit to BC for just locking him up, and you know because they've been a bit of a stopping spot for coaches and. I like what they did. I think they just said, you know, no more. That's over. We're, we, we like this guy, and we're going to keep him. Yeah, at some point you have to make a decision to try to keep your coach. And he, and he had a big win this year against USC. And so, I mean, he, he'll do some good things at that school. Oh, he did. He did. And, he, and, and, you know, he truly said it was his destination point. He wanted to be there. And, you know, clearly BC wanted to keep him, and it's just really nice. It's a big deal up in Boston that they just, you know, drew the line in the sand, said this is their guy. They committed to through, I believe, 2020. But you know, that game has, you know, obviously just for the we northeasterners who grew up with the <laughs> Lambert Trophy. There's a throwback. <laughs> um, BC, Penn State, in Yankee Stadium. On a Saturday, two days after Christmas, a week from tomorrow, in the evening, four thirty in the afternoon, I believe it is. You know, uh, th- that's kind of must see TV if uh, you know up in the Northeast United States. I mean, th- th- that's a sexy game for sure. I think you'll get a great draw up there, John, in, in the crowd as well. I think folks from Boston they always like to come down to New York, and the folks in Pennsylvania just drive to the east, and you're in the big city, and you can have a good time. Yeah, you don't need uh, uh, you know, you don't need any excuses to drive from Pennsylvania over to New York City for you know uh, holiday week between Christmas and New Year's. It's New York City's you know enchanting that time of year. Needless to say, uh, so yeah, it's it's going to be a good one, and uh, yeah, it's just a fabulous time of year. But you're going to be seeing. The ones that really matter, and, and and you just have to be so excited. I mean, I, I just New Year's night in the sugar in the sugar bowl that is going to be awesome in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean those uh, those teams only played three times. The first time was in the sugar bowl, and it was uh, Coach Brian and Coach Hayes, two wow. legends of the game. And, wow! Uh, so, I mean that that's, some of those memories will be brought up. I'm sure prior to the game, but some of the, history involved and uh yeah i mean uh, in urban now it's the new version of nick saban and urban meyer the two of the legends of the game right now absolutely well ap hard to believe we're down to a minute left in the show but i do urban meyer reminds me of you know big 10 and job and so i instantly have to ask you about uh Jim Harbaugh, do you think he's going to end up staying in the NFL, or do you think he's going to go to college? Obviously, Michigan being the one that's looming out there. See, John, I, I'm not sure, but if he was going to go to a school, I mean, why not go back to your alma mater? I mean, they're at a low point. Anything you do, build on that, will love you. And, uh, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's tired of that NFL for a while and just wants to go back to college. I could see it. I can see it. It's the winningest program in the history of college football. You and I covered the Michigan-UConn game mm-hmm. last year, not this past year, the year before, down there in Connecticut. And, you know, when Michigan arrived in town, that was a big deal. Michigan is big-time program. So uh, I'm watching that with great fascination. All football fans are. 
Oh, yeah, and, and Michigan State is on the rise. I mean, they've been very good in Ohio State, Urban Meyer in the playoffs. I mean, there's your challenge right there. Instant yeah. and your rival. Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh, Ohio State versus Michigan. Can you imagine that game and just the entire year that they'll have? But AP, as always, thank you for your expertise. Love having you and all the big events you're coming on and then telling our listeners about what it's really like. So, uh, We'll look forward to doing it all again next week, AP. Thank you. My pleasure, John, and uh, happy holidays to all the audience listeners. All right. Happy holidays to you as well. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.